Today's episode of the Fantasy Football Podcast on the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by World Central Kitchen. Their relief team is working across America to safely distribute individually packaged fresh meals in communities that need support. They're now serving tens of thousands of meals daily in some of our biggest cities like New York and L.A., and they're launching initiatives across America to deliver fresh, hot meals to hospitals and clinics, fighting on the front lines while keeping local restaurants in business as well. You can directly help the heroes in hospitals and clinics who are fighting for us, and you can help keep your local restaurants alive. Go to theringer.com slash WCK. That is theringer.com slash WCK to donate. Please, we're trying to raise $250,000, and if you have the means, it is an unbelievably great and useful cause that helps our hospital heroes, emergency workers, and local restaurants. Please, give whatever you can. The money goes directly to World Central Kitchen, and it's a charitable donation. Once again, that is theringer.com slash WCK. Theringer.com slash WCK. NFL show on the Ringer Podcast Network. My name is Satan. No, I'm just kidding. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm joined as always by my co-host and my co-Danny, the hero we need, the analyst deserve, the Dark Knight himself, the Dark Prince, Danny Kelly. How are you doing, DK? I was wondering where that was going really Your metal draft has already been spread across the United States, DK. If anyone has not seen it, please check it out. It is Danny Kelly times metal. I don't even know how to describe it, but there's a lot of satanic ritual to describe where his prospects will be drafted. Yeah, it, it's a it's a crossover video. There, it makes absolutely no sense, <laughs> which is why it's great. It's uh, NFL draft content plus uh, monster show commercials or monster truck commercials plus the Matrix plus um, a few other things like Leon the Professional. I'm, I'm getting a lot of that. It was kind of more meant to be like the Matrix, I think, but it ended up looking like Leon the Professional. So this would only happen week five of quarantine. <laughs> the two exactly. Ringer Metal drafts with Danny Kelly are my two favorite Ringer videos that exist. Possibly just my two favorite videos that exist. Period, <laughs> including DK. Movies. Can we discuss the outfit, the beanie, the shirt? Whose idea was that? How did that come together? Uh, that was all Corey, and I I laud him for that because I'm getting a lot of really good feedback on Twitter about that. So. Um, yeah, thanks. Shouts to Corey for that. Yeah, right around sometime when you were when when Chris was like the craggle steps of Hades. I was like, this is just you know, it's art. It's it's amazing. It's transcendent. My favorite part was when he said the Browns are going to be dog shit again. I don't know why that just it's like, amazing. I, I was okay. dying. Everyone, that, but. everyone, please check that out. It is unbelievable. The metal draft with Danny Kelly. Oh yeah, Craig, how way, are you doing? Shout shouts to Chris Ryan first of all because he was the one that did all the monster truck uh, over dub or whatever. So it was freaking hilarious. Anyways, I just I. I'd love to know what Chris Ryan's wife thought when he was just like in the other room. <laughs> the like, Hello. <laughs> it's Bilzebub. Like, I don't know what the neighbors must think of them. They must, uh, I'm oh, doing good, God. though. You know, thanks for asking. I'm, I'm, I'm well. Great. I have no idea how to transition from that. But <laughs> <laughs> we are eight days from the NFL draft. I can't count, but it's Crazy. next Thursday. Yeah. Um, today, we're going to take a look through the draft through fantasy lens. The, the dream scenarios, but. Goldilocks? Goldilocks? Did she, was she sleeping that whole time? Or I don't remember that story. <laughs> I had to Google it. <laughs> yeah, she remember the hey, story. We're doing either. Goldilocks. So we're going to talk about landing spots. But DK is going to do the, the little bear, the one that ate too much porridge. Also, yeah. porridge is like oatmeal, right? Yeah. Anyway, you're going to do the realistic ones. Craig's going to do the completely outlandish landing spots for each player. And I'm going to do the middle ground ones. Because, right. you know, as we all know, I'm the level headed middle person of this podcast. <laughs> So yeah, I don't know how we, we settled on that. Who came up with this rubric? But yeah, I, I don't know. We kind of just I went with the it. least, so I might as well just do the wild card. <laughs> sometimes that's beneficial, honestly, because sometimes teams just don't seem to know a lot either. So anyway, look, life is hard, man. Who knows? Um, anyway, we're gonna go through. We're gonna go player by player, and we're gonna give where we might go in the draft. So starting yeah. off, let's just get right into it. 
Joe Burrow, DK. Yeah. What is the realistic landing spot for Joe Burrow from a fantasy lens that would be awesome? Yeah, I mean, so obviously he's going to be a Bengal. He's going to be the first what? overall pick. It's it's at this point as much of a foregone conclusion as any top pick, I think, overall in, the, in recent memory. I don't see a Baker Mayfield situation developing over the next week where, um, you know, because a lot of people thought Darnold was going to be the number one pick until about three or four days before the draft, and then all of a sudden it was Baker Mayfield. I don't see that happening. I think Burrow is the guy. So, and... Honestly, I, I don't mind the fit for him in terms of like from a fantasy lens going forward next year. I think Burrow does have a chance to be, um, you know, certainly in Dynasty is a huge, huge asset. But in redraft, too, I think he could be kind of a lower end guy to maybe pick up in the late rounds. Um, what he did last year in the LSU offense was just unprecedented. I mean, it was legitimately the best single season passing performance from a college quarterback ever. 60 touchdowns six interceptions. He added like five touchdowns on the ground. He's just like freakishly good uh, for LSU. Obviously, he's going to have a big jump up to the NFL in, in competition and all that. He's going to have to learn the new offense. All that stuff comes into to play. But I do think the surrounding cast around him, A.J. Green is coming back. So that gives him an aging, true number one guy. Um, Tyler Boyd could be like the Justin Jefferson for him in this offense, the slot receiver who he relies on in the short and intermediate area. John Ross is still an X factor. Obviously, he hasn't been able to stay healthy, but he adds that speed element on the outside. Joe Mixon, very good back. Uh, he, he can be a pass catcher for them in that offense. And crucially, they're going to get Jonah Williams back, who was their top pick last year. One of my favorite prospects in last year's draft, a left tackle, Jonah Williams. So um, put it all together. And I mean, the Bengals could be overall as an offense, a fantasy factor going forward, like bigger fantasy factor than I think people are sort of looking at them like. Yeah, Burrow's going to go to the Bengals, but on the off chance somehow that he's not, <laughs> the only yeah. one that really makes sense is the Dolphins trading up. Uh, they have picks. They have the fifth pick, 18th, 26th pick. They also have 39 and 56 in the second round. Jeez. They could you know, pick three or four of those. They could send them to the Bengals and maybe trade up for them. That would be cool in theory. I feel silly even talking about it because it's not going to happen. So that's yeah. my semi-realistic, but honestly, we don't even need to spend too much time here because he's going to go to Cincinnati. So Craig. Anything out of left field? I don't even left field's not even far enough, but what do you got? Packers trade Aaron Rodgers to the Bengals for the first pick. Who says no? <laughs> oh, that's good. DK. Aaron Rodgers or Joe Burrow? <laughs> oh man, that's that's a that's a very loaded question. We've pissed off so many people Obviously, from so many Burrow, different though. parts of America. It's <laughs> obvious that really like if you were the Bengals, you're you it's it's shoe in, you take Burrow. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna trade the top overall pick for like a thirty five plus year old quarterback. It's Packers just, no. fans are literally like losing their minds. You get four anger. years of arguably like a top five four quarterback years? ever. Yeah, thirty five to thirty nine. I don't know, five years of him of the of maybe the, the best quarterback ever. This ignores the fact that his production has been declining uh, gradually over the last few years. He's also thirty six, not thirty five. Mm. So, um, how old are you, DK? <laughs> are you thirty six? Yeah, but I'm not an, I'm not a professional athlete, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she said that was such derision. I was shocked. Yeah, he's 36. Like he's actually, the, I'm is 37. Is there a kinship with people record. who are your age? Oh, it's because you look down on like the kids. You know, he's ungrateful that generation. What's the hit rate on these QBs? Like 50 percent of them work. Like less 30 percent of them work. I think draft picks are overvalued, and quarterbacks who are already good are more important. Who cares if they're Craig, a little older? You're really you're really saying that they should trade for a 36 year the, the top pick for a 36 year old quarterback. The best 36 year old <laughs> ever. <laughs> you ever heard of Tom I Brady? Love this already. Just okay, saying. next one. Tua <laughs> yeah. from Bama. Okay, what's the realistic spot for Tua? My realistic one that I think actually makes a lot of sense for fantasy is the Chargers. I think right now that's who is the highest on him based on all the rumors. Um, Mike Lombardi actually noted on his podcast recently and then a few other, um, I guess, analysts have chimed in that that a lot of teams or a few teams at least have flunked to his medical check. So he is a massive wild card in the first round. We don't really know exactly how high he's going to go. I know that sort of the consensus now, Daniel Jeremiah, Dane Brugler, um, multiple other people have all had Justin Herbert actually going in front of Tua in a lot of their mock drafts recently. So um, to me, I'm I'm looking at kind of reading all the tea leaves. I think the Chargers are the team for Tua. If that means they pick him at six or trade up to number three and get him there, I don't know. Um, but I think that pairing makes a lot of sense. And then for fantasy, uh, I like it. I like the pairing. I think that 
Um, you can drop him into a ready-made offense that already has Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, Hunter Henry. Um, you do worry about the offensive line a little bit, but they did add a left tackle in Balaga. Um, so, you know, the the plate is sort of set for him. The table is sort of set for him to go in there and produce early on. Tyrod Taylor is the incumbent. He could maybe start for half the season or whatever and then have Tua take over or whatever. Um, but I think that landing spot makes sense for him and for fantasy purposes. I'm completely throwing you on the spot, and this is not fair, but you're the GM of the Chargers. Your medical staff says that Tua is not only perfectly healthy, him and Joe Burrow are equally healthy. Do you want Joe Burrow or Tua as your quarterback? Yeah, I've I've been asked this question quite a few times lately. I still lean Burrow just slightly, but it's a razor's margin. Halfway through the season, I was like, man, I like Tua a lot. Um, but what Burrow did over the second half of the season was absolutely incredible, so impressive. Um, he showed just like that he can play with ice in his veins. Incredible, incredible production against some of the top defenses in, in college football. Um, he did it over and over on the biggest stage in front of like, you know, you know in the biggest moments. Um, so I would give Burrow the slight edge. Um, and he's a little bit taller. Not that that necessarily means anything in the NFL these days, but there are, there are other things to go with. Too, uh, That's where we just went. I mean, literally, we're nit- we're having to nitpick at this point. I love Tua. I- I'm a huge, huge Tua fan. Here's why I ask. I-, I think the most fun place in real life and fantasy that Tua could go is the Carolina Panthers. Now, I know yeah. that sounds nuts, but it's the Joe Brady, who was the, I was going to say, offensive coordinator, passing game coordinator. He was the conductor of the symphony yeah. that was the LSU offense last year. Now he's in Carolina with Matt Rule, who was the coach at Baylor. I think that Tua running the LSU offense after Bama and LSU were going against each other, Tua then being the Joe Burrow in Carolina would be amazing. Now, I know what you're thinking is, yeah. didn't they just sign Teddy Bridgewater? Okay, so what? Who cares? Like, so worst case scenario, you have two good quarterbacks. What's the problem there? It's Tua, you don't have to rush him back to starting week one if you're worried yeah. about his health. And if Teddy Bridgewater and Tua are healthy, then that sounds like a really great problem. I don't really understand why you wouldn't. And also, Tua is such a higher upside guy than Teddy. I love Teddy, but Tua with Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, that is an absurdly fast team. And Tua, I mean, Tua's numbers in college, obviously, are literally legendary. They're just basically the best that anyone's done on a per-pass-per-game rate. It's just never been done. I just think Tua in the borough spot of Joe Brady's system for Carolina would be so cool. Yeah, and I think this doesn't sound crazy to me at all, actually. I think this is a very, you know, str- you made a strong case. I think the the Panthers would be a really fun landing spot for him. And, and Tua, I think, is a great fit for that offense. He's a very fast processor. That's one of the things that kind of separates him from the crowd is, like, how quickly he can process on RPOs and things like that. Um, you know, the big part of their offense was doing, like, five-man protections and just getting rid of the ball and, and finding the open guy early on in the in the – in the drop back and all that. So I think he, the Panthers have the seventh pick. It's not like he's going to, you know, some huge slide if you fell to the seventh pick. And I also, again, Matt rule was given a seven year contract. So I thinking long-term isn't mind blowing to me. Craig, what's the, what's that a left field for where Tua could go. Okay. So this is what I think is going to (laughs) happen. Not what's going to happen, but what definitely should happen. Okay. So two is going to the Pats, but first he's going to the Texans. (laughs) <laughs> so the Texans trade up like to get Tua via whatever means necessary. They are demanded to get Tua. And the Patriots then draft Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs or whatever great receiver with their 23rd pick. Then the Texans trade Deshaun Watson to the Pats for one year in exchange <laughs> for Jerry Judy, Deshaun Watson back, and Stefan Gilmore in 2021. So they're just renting Deshaun Watson for a year. That way, Belichick can win a title without Brady in 2020. Then the following year, they swap <laughs> Tua goes to the Pats, so Belichick gets a new guy to work with, and then Gilmore, Deshaun, Jerry, Judy, back on the Texans for 2021, and they can start. Who says no? <laughs> I, I mean, I say, yeah. I'm going to say move on because I don't know what just happened. That's pretty but I cool, love the right? Ingenuity. Tua rests for a year and doesn't play in the Texans. The Texans just take a down year because they traded Deshaun Watson or uh, DeAndre Hopkins anyway. They're going to suck. The Pats get Deshaun for one, one year. Why don't we do rent a player like baseball does? How like Araldis Chapman will just hop from team to team, or John Lester went to the A's for six months. Send Watson to the to the Pats. Let's see if he can win a ring and then send him back the next year. I want to be mad at you, Craig. I don't know why we can't do rent a players in the NFL like we can <laughs> in the MLB. In reality, nothing that Bill O'Brien would do in any scenario would surprise me anymore. Wouldn't you give up Deshaun for one year in exchange for 
Deshaun back the next year with Stefan Gilmore and Jerry Judy? I didn't even follow that, actually. Man, some, I feel like Craig is like Matthew McConaughey in True Detective. It's like he's got the cork board with like all the arrows and all the people, <laughs> like Charlie, and it's always sunny. He's just got everything. Okay, next quarterback, DK. Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma. I mean, yeah. borderline Heisman guy halfway through the season. One of the craziest college crews ever. Where do you think he can go? I like him on the Patriots. And um, speaking <laughs> of the Patriots, I think so. There, there's multiple teams. I think that would be really that would make a lot of sense for him long term. Come in as like a backup and eventually take over the job. However, we're talking about fantasy football this season. I think there's just very few teams that are that have open quarterback competitions. I think the Patriots are one of those teams. I don't know if you know they're necessarily sold on Jared Stidham or Brian Hoyer or whatever. I still think that you can get him in there. Um, he could potentially be an early contributor, early starter for the Patriots. You know, obviously get him in there, um, have him be Josh McDaniels, new Tim Tebow. Um, you know, design an offense around him where you can use his arm. You can use Did his you just compare Jalen to Tim Tebow? He's better passer than Tim Tebow. Oh, I know. I actually Lance Zerling from NFL.com has Tebow as his comp, and I think it's it's not necessarily what? it's not meant to be like an insult. It's it's meant to be like the guy is very very dynamic with his arm, um, but he does struggle in the face of pressure sometimes. He does bail from the pocket. Like it's he, you'd have to have. A little bit of an unconventional offense, probably, to have him come in and be your starter early on. So I think you know I'm uh, I'm definitely not looking at it like I'm making that as a negative comp or whatever. It's just skill set style. What did people I mean, think about Tebow's arm coming out of college? Was that like a huge knock, or did they think he was a good passer? No, I think I think it was a knock. It was a knock. Yeah, I don't think anyone sure. thought he was a good passer. Well. That's not true. I think there was one person, Josh McDaniels, who thought he was a good passer. He took him in the first round. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> tough, tough beat for Josh. Uh, I went for Jalen Hurts. I went with the Bears because I feel I like, like he's not like going to be the first rounder. I mean, he could be, but I just, I mean, Deke, a serious question. Yeah. What can Mitchell Trubisky do that Jalen Hurts cannot do? Because if they, I know they traded for Nick Foles and Nick Foles maybe started, but like, mm. why not take Hurts and either let him work behind Foles for a little bit because Foles, you know, I don't think he's a long-term option. I feel like he's a short-term option. But so yeah. what can Jalen Hurts do that Trubisky cannot? Or sorry, what can Trubisky do that Jalen Hurts cannot? Oh, man. I mean, honestly, you know, after seeing Trubisky for the last few years, it, nothing really comes to mind. I think Hurts has <laughs> a, an edge in athleticism and, and is what is what he's able to do in the run game. Um, there's some similarities there in the sense that, like, Hurts tends to hold on to the ball a little bit too long. I think Trubisky does that. Um, but Hertz was he was way more accurate this last season. I, th- I think that shows some improvement in that area that teams will probably be like, maybe we can develop that that part of his game and, and smooth out some of the inaccuracy that he had earlier in his career. Um, so I don't know. I'm like, I like Hertz a lot. I'm maybe a little bit higher on him than maybe the NFL is, but we're going to find out. I think there's there's actually some first round buzz for Jalen Hertz right now. Like I think Mel Kuyper was was saying that the other day that, don't be too surprised if if Jalen Hurts ends up being a guy that they trade up into the back of the first round to grab. Some team, you know, wants to sort of sit him and develop him and, and grab him there in the last few picks of, this, of the first round. So you because you can get that fifth year option. If there's a if there's a steady rule, it's that the quarterbacks always go higher than we think, almost always, yeah. and yeah. that's pretty safe every year, um, including Jordan Love this year. Craig, out of left field, what do you think about Jalen Hurts? Would it be a fun place for him to land for fantasy? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really know if I had something to add a left field. I was just thinking maybe the Steelers with like the 49th pick. I know that's their first mm-hmm. pick. I thought, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is quietly 38. Yeah. Um, so he's got four years left, Craig, or what? Yeah. Three. <laughs> Not Ben. Three. Ben's like made of glass now. <laughs> yeah. But I wanted to kind of defer to DK here about like what other fun, if you think that maybe he could go to the Packers, maybe the Steelers, like what would be a good fit for him? Well, are we doing out of, out of like insanity here or are we going back to real world? How do you do insanity for for a quarterback? I don't know. Maybe do like a rental year for Deshaun Watson going to the Patriots or well, something. Yeah, but I mean, with a guy like Tua, who's like a highly touted prospect, I feel like you can go insane. But like, people don't even really think Jalen Hurts is good, so I, it's hard for me to go wild card here. I don't really know what I could do. I mean, I think you, the one the the wild card thing you could have done, Craig, is said send him to the Chiefs, turn him into <laughs> turn him into Mahomes. like a a Taysom Hill playmaker that they bring on. Oh. That would be insanity. I mean, it'd be stupid. I'm, I'm not advocating for this, but that, that's kind of where you could have gone with that. Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I just wanted to make sure you were listening to podcasts on Spotify. Here's how you do it. First, search for your favorite podcast on Spotify's app. 
They have a library of over 750,000 pods at this point. So let's say you're searching for the Rewatchables or the Dave Chang Show or the Ringer NBA Show. Once you find them, click on the follow button. That's how you subscribe. Then click on those letters near the top of the app that say podcasts. All the pods you're following will pop up separated by episodes, downloads, and shows. Wait, it gets better. In Spotify, you can adjust the speed of the pods to seven different speeds. 0.5 times is the slowest. I actually sound drunk at 0.5. You can do 0.8 times, 1.2 times, which is my favorite. Everyone sounds like they just had a good cup of coffee. And then there's 1.5 times, two times. And if you're completely insane, three times. Anyway, Spotify's app connects directly to many of the best automobiles in the world. It even has a CarPlay feature that's pretty cool. Best of all, it's free. Download Spotify on any device and you're good to go. Should you be embarrassed that you're not listening to podcasts on Spotify? Well, I don't want to app shame you, but the answer, unfortunately, is yes. Make the move. Listen to podcasts on Spotify. Back to yours. Running backs, starting with Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, DK. Where do you, th- I mean, Jonathan Taylor, either number one or one of the top running backs in this class, uh, yeah. certainly in the top tier. What do you think is a realistic place for him where he would dominate in fantasy? I think it'd be really fun to see him on the Colts. I think if you put him behind that offensive line, I think Wait, first round or second round, uh, early second. I don't think the Colts have a first round because they, they just traded. Trade, yeah, they just traded yeah. their pick to the 49ers. So you think second because they got the 35 pick from the Washington. Yeah, so they'd have to take him there or I guess they could maybe try and gamble and take him a little bit later. It, he might fall. Who knows? But I think just if you put him behind that offensive line, I think you'd be able to eat behind that line in neutral situations last year. So within with the score within eight points, the first three quarters and first and second down only. Um, Indy was the third run heaviest team in the NFL per sharp football stats. So obviously they're very much, you know, focused on balance and having a run game, having a physical run game. Um, obviously Marlon Mack is there right now and he's been fine for them, but he is a former fourth round pick. He's been hurt. Uh, he's going into last year of his deal. There's not a huge reason that they would pass up a guy like a elite talent, like Taylor, um, specifically just to keep Mac. I don't think that's, you know, something that they're necessarily, it's it's more if they do it's because the Colts are probably like Chris Ballard, the GM is in the group of GMs who probably would be less likely to take a running back in the first. Like there's certainly some older school guys that would and some that wouldn't. So that's, it's more that than Marlon Mack specifically. Right. Right. Um, you know, so I, I think just, I think he would be a good fit in that offense in the run game. Um, a huge question mark around Taylor right now is his pass catching ability. Um, I saw Evan Silva mention this over at Establish the Run. Actually, Taylor dropped eight of fifty catchable targets in his college career, and he only had fifty targets <laughs> in his college career, so he was not used in the run game or in the passing game very often. Um, but that said, you know, with Phil Rivers at quarterback in Indy now, um, Rivers has always relied on easy dump offs. He's so he's one of the most court like one of the quarterbacks most willing to take a check down and not look at it like a negative. Um, and I think that's something that Taylor could handle. It's not like he's got complete rocks for hands. I think he can handle easy check check downs and a little dump offs and swing pass and things like Look, if, that. If Leonard Fournette can be exactly. near Christian McCaffrey and targets for the second half of the season last year, then I think totally. Jonathan Taylor can catch some passes. Yeah, that's a, that's a perfect example. So that's that's kind of why I was thinking that the Colts would be a really nice, a realistic spot for him. I that is beautiful. I I I just this is kind of a cop out, but I was like semi realistic. I kind of put him with the Chiefs. Yeah, I think. I mean, look, Chris Ballard came from Kansas City, so I you know if I'm saying maybe the Colts might not pick him because he's a running back. I don't know if the Chiefs would either. But Chiefs are about speed. They just won the Super Bowl because they've collected speed. Jonathan Taylor, track athlete, four four speed guy. The Chiefs do nothing but collect four four speed guys. They're the Legion is Zoom, and I mean whether it's the thirty two pick. Uh, from the first round, or they've got the 63rd pick. They actually have the Niners pick, ironically, in the second round. I feel like him, them taking him might not make sense before, but it's one of those things where if they pulled it, like if they did it at the 32nd pick, you're like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Like they're just going <laughs> to keep adding speed onto the already big advantage of speed. So I, I that would be nuts if they added him onto that team. He would be so much fun in that offense, too, because they just do. They spread everything out, you know. They'd give him a lot of good run lanes. He would. I feel like he'd be able to hit a lot of home runs in that offense. We're talking about football. Oh, ha! Good one. I'm a little rusty. Craig, left field, save me. 
Uh, the Ravens, I think it'd be, I like when teams just lean even more into what they're good at. And I think the Ravens yeah. should just run the ball twice as much and they just draft Jonathan Taylor <laughs> and it's just Jonathan Taylor becomes the next Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson. What, and that's all they what do. What do you mean becomes the next Mark Ingram? What are you talking about? Mark, I mean, Mark Ingram, very he's solid 30. career. Yeah. And he's 30. Yeah. What, is that that crazy? Sorry. Is his ceiling, is that way too low for Jonathan Taylor? I, I don't know. I'm asking you. I just maybe... I haven't given much thought about Mark Mark Ingram's legacy here. Uh, is 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 that a compliment? I don't even know what that means. The next Mark Ingram. I think it's it's not that it's not a terrible comp for him. I mean, Ingram has been very tough, very durable. Those are very like those are two things that you'd say about Taylor. Like he, I don't think he missed a game at Wisconsin. He's just like a bell cow. He was the bell cow of all bell cows at Wisconsin. Um, so yeah, Mark I mean, I think Ingram's it makes a good a lot teammate. Of sense. He's a good teammate. I don't know. Teammate. I don't know enough about Taylor to say that, but seems like a good guy. <laughs> seems like a combine. good fella. Saw him at the combine. He seemed like a good guy. Uh, he's a very good football player. I know that. So um, I don't think that. Yeah, Ingram comp is not like an insult or anything. That's what you get for watching one five minute tape of him. <laughs> there you go. Uh, DeAndre Swift from Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. DK, what's the spot for him? Um, I like him with the Buccaneers and, you know, it's not necessarily that I want to completely eliminate Ronald Jones from the football field because I have him in the dynasty league and I don't want that to happen. But, but other um, than that, you want to completely eliminate <laughs> him from the football field. Is that what you're saying? I just think so. Swift is a very good pass catcher. Bruce Arians has talked about wanting to add a pass catching back in the draft. Um, Swift is an outstanding in that area. He's also very good, like in between the tackles, he could, he could be a three down guy. However, it's sort of the big knock on him if there is a big knock on him, because he's a really well-rounded um, running back, is that he hasn't had a ton of volume in that Georgia offense. I think his, he averaged like 15 carries a game or something like that. Um, you know, he never he rarely got over 20 carries. So get him into an offense with, Bru- uh, with uh, Bruce Arians' offense, which has done a good job of incorporating running backs into the passing game, and you got Tom Brady there. Basically, I think what? Swift could turn into a souped-up version of James White. And I think that would be really, really fun for fantasy early on. Wait, Tom Brady's in Tampa Bay? Is that, Ta- it's, it's Tampa. Tampa? <laughs> I didn't hear anything about this. It's yeah. the most it's the most bizarre thing. Danny, when you asked me that, like I legitimately had to be like, wait, is he? <laughs> <laughs> wait, did I just like completely like have a like a fever dream and think that up in my like I, I had no idea if I was right or not. That would be the best April Fool's prank. If we just discovered <laughs> in September that that never happened, and then actually oh he was God. just still on the Patriots roster, and nobody double checked. That'd be incredible. <laughs> All right, I, I just my my realistic spot, semi realistic spot for DeAndre Swift to Tennessee, which mm. sounds crazy, but in reality, again, I just don't see DeAndre Swift as a feature back. Maybe I'm an idiot, and he's going to be the first running back drafted. But if he didn't do it at Georgia, I'm just skeptical of whether he can do it in the NFL, and I think that he actually would be perfect complimenting Derrick Henry, who has been franchise tagged and maybe will sign a long-term deal, maybe will not with Tennessee. And I just see him swift as like the perfect balance, especially because, you know, they got rid of Deal Lewis. They don't really have anyone behind Derrick Henry anymore. So I just think it makes sense there. But we'll yeah. see if they actually would invest a high pick in Henry and franchise or a high pick in Henry's backup and also franchise Henry. Craig, crazy one for DeAndre Swift. Blow our minds. Hi, Fitz, you kind of killed the buzz of my pick because you said Jonathan <laughs> Taylor to the to the Chiefs, but I was thinking DeAndre Swift to the Chiefs because wow. well, one, you know, everything we talked about Damian Williams was that like he if he had more than 13 carries, he sucked or he like never did that before. So I thought like, why not just get the next best guy who does that and you can put them together? <laughs> so you'd have DeAndre Swift and Damian Williams playing with the Chiefs. Good, Swift also in my seven minutes of tape watching him, kind of reminded me of Shady McCoy, which is what the Chiefs <laughs> tried to do, and it didn't work. So I thought, let's get the young one in and, and see if it can work. And just like I said with the Ravens, just like lean into what you have, speed and dynamic playmaking. I think a lot of people are have connected Swift to the Chiefs, and it makes a lot of sense just put him in that Andy Reid offense where, yeah, you're going to use him between the tackles too, but you're also going to use him as a receiver. That's a big, big part of his of his game, honestly. And so... Swift is going to be a big PPR guy, and if he if he lands with the Chiefs, uh, he's going to be a really high startup or uh, redraft pick this year. I think. Yeah, you got to give Mahomes weapons. You know, you're not going to give Dominic Toretto a Toyota pickup truck to drive. Hell no, giving him a Ferrari. <laughs> wow. What do you think he would do with the Toyota pickup truck? Don Toretto, <laughs> I think he could do good stuff. He'd probably yeah. bench press it. That's my guess. <laughs> I can't look at those movies the same way ever since I read that Wall Street Journal story where they have to get punched equally. You ever see that? Oh, you know who, that? who? You're talking about The Rock and Vin Diesel? 
No, I'm talking about uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm talking about the Rock. Yeah, so it's like if the Rock and Vin Diesel are in a fight scene, and someone gets thrown through a pane of glass, the other one also gets through, thrown through a pane. Contractually, of glass. they have to. Well, they like publicly do not like each other. So yeah, I and like think Jason stays the same thing. Yeah, it needs to the be fights even. have to be equal. So like, if someone like gets need in the in the gut, the other person does too, and it has. Vin Diesel's sister is on set making sure it's equal. Wow. Anyway. That's what it's like with you two. You guys have to have the same amount of airtime on each podcast. Yeah, it's why, if anyone breaks down the audio, we each speak for exactly 50% of the time. That's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Craig's main role. Danny Heifetz isn't going to fucking upstage me, man. <laughs> I want to throw him through glass. Okay, anyway. Zane. Um. Okay, J.K. JK Dobbins from yeah. Ohio State. Where's he going to go, D.K.? So I think he's got a realistic shot to go to the Dolphins, and I think it would be a great fit for him. The, they reportedly love this guy per the Miami Herald's Barry Jackson. This was a while. This was he tweeted this out, I think, a, like a month ago or something. Um, but the Dolphins are so high on Dobbins that they moved up his 30 visit from mid-April to March 13th in case the league eliminates 30 visits, which they obviously did because of the coronavirus. Um, so they are apparently really, really high on Dobbins. There's basically no competition in Miami for him. Obviously, they signed Jordan Howard. Um, you know, oh, me, you're just erasing Patrick Laird like that. <laughs> you don't oh, think the I Dolphins apologize. ferocious depth chart at running back could compete we still, with J.K. Dobbins? Let me know. Are there any are there any Kalen Balaj truth, truthers out there still? Matthew Barry was. I think it's just Matthew Barry. Yeah, but I think he's pretty much like I think he's long that, abandoned that ship. Yeah. Yeah, I would assume so. Um it's like a ghost yeah. ship. It's just float it's Jordan. Well, <laughs> yeah. no, it's Jordan Howard, Kalen Balaj, Samaje P. Ryan. Oh, they got rid of no Patrick Laird's still there. He's leading Wait, the P. Ship. Ryan? Shimaje? Oh wow. But yeah, it's Kalen Balaj, uh, Patrick Laird, and Jordan Howard. So you just, Jake Dobbins unseating all of them. Well, I think it would probably be Dobbins and Howard as the two guys there. And Howard, to me, felt like more of like a hedge in case the draft didn't really fall their way and they didn't get a running back that they really like. Um, That's I think like if fantasy Dobbins, too. It's yeah, I think if Dobbins goes to with the Dolphins, he'd be their early down like bell cow, or at least like he'd get a pretty big volume pretty big amount of volume so um we remember last year uh right guess who do you remember who led the dolphins in rushing last year ryan fitzpatrick yeah <laughs> bang wow so i kind of gave it away there but um but yeah so they really need a running back um i don't know if it it doesn't make sense for for me personally if i was the gm of that team to draft a running back in the first round but they do have three first rounders a couple second rounders um so look at those second round or do they have two second rounders danny is that what you said they at least have. I know that they have, they have two seconds. It's 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 stupid. They have. Yeah. They have. So they have. A, they have a good amount of ammo, and I think have, look at the, the one of those second rounders for them, and I think Dobbins realistically has a good chance to land for them. They have eight first or second rounders over the next two years. Nice. So, you know, uh, I also love that Fitzpatrick led them in rushing because all of his runs just end with him throwing his up. Oh, hello. Oh hi, Dad. No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Dad. Nice. Keeping that. Leave it stuff. in. Leave it in. Oh, that's great stuff. What's your dad up to? I almost brought him in. I almost <laughs> did it. Is this Emma's son or is that your mom's uh, it's, mom? No, it's not. Emma's my mom's mom. Okay, that's right. All right, DH, where is JK going to go? My my realistic spot for JK Dobbins is, or semi-realistic spot for JK Dobbins is Pittsburgh. I mm-hmm. don't know if this is going to happen, but I also could see it because James Conner is in a contract year. They don't have anyone proven behind him and Jim Kevin Colbert uh, Colbert has just not really been super reassuring that they're gonna resign James Conner if he doesn't have a great season he said with James we are worried about 2020 um and again our point was James because it was hurt he was injured it disappointed him as it disappointed us and I just I wouldn't be shocked if they took J.K. Dobbins in the second round and he would be a huge huge role in that offense if it happened. And I think that that's the best spot I saw from in the second round where I could at least talk myself into it. Obviously, if they already traded the first round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick, you probably don't want to spend your next pick on a running back because they don't pick again until like after 100 overall. But I also could see it. Craig, you're the Steelers fan. What do you think? I don't know. I, I think I'd rather them go in a different direction. But sure. I mean, it, it, it would make it, it would make a, a funner season, but I don't know if it's actually the smartest pick. <laughs> right. All right, wise guy, what's the smartest pick? So the opposite of a smart pick, the Cowboys. <laughs> they oh, go no. dual Buckeye wishbone formation, 75% Zeke to of the fullback? Oh, yeah, it. we're just doing 
Zeke and JK, they each get like 20 carries a game and we turn Dak into like super Tebow and he just throws 14 times all play action. Wow. And they just house <laughs> people like Georgia textile. I'm legitimately intrigued. I like it. That'd be cool. Yeah, right? it's like you had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah. Receivers. It's game time now. DK, CD Lamb, Oklahoma. Yeah. What's I, the so, best I feel like, spot honestly, with all these receivers, there's so many fun landing spots and realistic landing spots because there's so many good receivers in this class. But I think the realistic fun option for Lamb, because, you know, the most realistic options are the Jets right now and the Raiders. But I think it'd be more fun and more fantasy relevant if you landed with the Eagles, who have, I believe, the 21st or something in the 20s. Um, so I don't know if he's going to fall that far, but if he does, the Eagles could scoop him up. The Eagles currently have two, their two top receivers right now are both over 30 years old, Alshon Jeffrey and Sean Jackson. Um, JJ Arcega Whiteside just hasn't panned out. I don't know if he's going to. We need to get Carson Wentz like a stud playmaker, and I think that Lamb could be that guy early on in his career. Um, and again, ideally, you want you want these receivers, the top guys, to get paired with really good quarterbacks for a long time because then they're going to turn into long-term, like, top-tier receivers. And I think Wentz could be that guy, um, at least certainly among the teams picking early in the in the round. So um, I think that would be the kind of the ideal landing spot for him. That would be cool. I think the Eagles would be an awesome fit. I'm, yeah. I'm skipping around here. I also gave someone to the Eagles, but it wasn't CeeDee Lamb. I gave Henry Ruggs to the Eagles because... I just saw him and Deshaun Jackson, like two speed guys. I was thinking yeah, yeah. the Eagles need speed, and Deshaun Jackson has been so hard to keep on the field when he's healthy. But worst case, Deshaun's healthy. You have two of the fastest guys in the league together. Worst case, the Eagles have replaced that speed element. That has been the absolute key to them being a dynamic offense and keeping Zert, or, not Zert, Ertz and Dallas Goddard effective over the middle of those crossing routes and stuff. Um, would love Henry Ruggs and the Eagles. Yeah, who did you give Lamb? Who did you give Lamb to? Arizona. I mean, yeah. Because here's the thing, man. (laughs) You're pro comp. Everyone's pro comp for CD Lamb is DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Why not give pair CD Lamb with DeAndre Hopkins? He also played with Kyler Murray, went to Oklahoma. Arizona's receiving Corby, Larry Fitz, Christian Kirks. It would be unbelievable. I mean, it makes it does make sense for them um, in a fun fantasy relevant type perspective. They do need other things in their offense, but. I think you could That's make an argument. Lineman, you, you could make an argument for it, honestly, because you know, obviously, uh, Cliff Kingsbury wants to run like wide open schemes. You need talent at the receiver position in theory to to do it at a high level in the NFL. Um, if they're going to try and run like you know sixty seventy plays and and have be really really pass heavy and spread out and everything, like yeah, get another really good receiver who's going to break a lot of tackles. That's kind of the thing with Lamb is he breaks an incredible amount of tackles and picks up yards after the catch. So. Um, I mean, yeah, that'd be a lot, a lot of fun, especially for right. fantasy. Jerry Judy from Bama, who you have him as your second best receiver in this class. I actually think Judy's the best receiver in this class, so I'm curious. And that's totally fair. Yeah. What do you think is the most realistic, excellent landing spot for him? So this kind of goes a little bit against what I just said about pairing top-tier receivers with really good quarterbacks. Um, and I know everyone likes to make fun of Derek Carr, and, and for good reason, but... Judy actually does seem like a good fit for John Gruden's offense. It's kind of a West Coast timing, precision-based offense. Um, Carr is very much known for sort of working the mid, the, the short and middle area of the field. Um, that's where Judy can absolutely dominate. He is good deep, too, but he's, he's a very, very good route runner who separates. Um, and most importantly, there's volume to be had in that offense. If you look at... <laughs> Freaking Hunter Renfro led the team in in catches on the for the Raiders last season with uh, forty nine. He had six hundred and five yards and four touchdowns. I think you put Judy in um, in that offense, and he could be in line for like a hundred plus targets as a rookie. So he would be. I to, to me, if he if he ended with the Raiders, he could be like a really early fantasy option. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, if we're talking about early fantasy production, it's about volume. Not many receivers are difficult position to adjust to, but. I think Oakland is one of the places he would be a number one receiver immediately and get treated like it. And I think the other one is what I picked, which is the Jets. I think he'd be the number one receiver in New York immediately. I think Judy's the best receiver in the class because he separates better than anyone in the class. And ultimately, that's what playing receiver is about. Yeah. Uh, nobody on the Jets had more than 900 yards. This, or Sorry. No one on the Jets roster right now has ever had more than 900 yards in a season. Wow. No one's even gotten to 900. <laughs> uh, their offense will get better. Uh mostly because it has to get better than it was in 2019. 
one of the a rather mind-blowing fact for me. Here are the Jets' offensive rankings on a per-drive basis in the NFL. Again, there are 32 teams. Plays per drive, they rank 30th. Yards per, dra- yards per drive, they rank 32nd. Points per drive, they rank 32nd. Touchdowns per drive, they rank 32nd. Field goals per drive, 31st. Punts per drive, they rank 31st. The bad way, not the good way. Three and outs per drive, 32nd. Time of possession per drive, tied for 30th. Drive success rate, 32nd. And their average line of scrimmage was 29th. Jesus So uh, yeah. that sounds bad. But they changed their whole offensive line. And Sam Darnold can't get mono again right that's not how mono works yeah, so i don't know i think well we'll see well they're gonna get better and so i think that adding judy to that he will just see so much volume it will be really good if he lands there and i think it's actually the most likely one we've probably discussed craig yeah i think he should go to the packers like <laughs> yeah i don't think anything fun has happened on the packers from a fantasy perspective in a long like there hasn't been a lot of changes a lot of turnaround i feel like it's just kind of gotten worse slowly and it's pretty much just Devonte adams i think adding jerry judy to the packers will be like when you have a really old dog and he's just kind of doing all right and you get a puppy for him and then he's like a completely new person he's like all happy now and the final three years are great because he's got a new friend i think that's what jerry judy would do to, to aaron I'm like really jealous of that analogy. <laughs> like you said, Aaron Rodgers has four good years of elite play left. That's still. Are you old? saying they're gonna have to put Aaron Rodgers down? <laughs> He's like soon? an 11 year old golden retriever, you know. You're taking him about back behind the shed or something already. The wow. theme today seems to be you want to put Aaron Rodgers down, Craig. <laughs> that seems to be what I'm hearing. I do okay. like this though. I think this is a good idea. I, that I mean, is good. I don't. Know, I don't think Judy's gonna fall that far, but I like it. All right. Next up, Henry Ruggs to Bama. I. I already mentioned he's. I, I got him to Philadelphia. DK, yeah. where do you see Henry Ruggs going? Yeah, so I think the most common pairing is with the Eagles. It makes too much sense. They really, really missed that deep presence last year. Um, another team that's emerged as I think a sort of a hot destination for Rugs is the 49ers. And I kind of like I kind of like it, honestly. Um, the Niners are more run heavy than you'd like in the fantasy world if you're talking about receivers. Um, but I think Ruggs could have like legit double-digit touchdowns in Kyle Shanahan's offense simply because he would be able to get behind the defense on play action so often. Um, corners, defensive backs just cannot keep up with him on deep crossing routes. That's a pretty big part of like Shanahan's thing. Run a, you know, run a play action fake and then run a deep crosser, get behind the defense. Um, and it would really force the defense already has this decision to make, but you have to pick your poison when it comes to playing the Niners because Shanahan literally, he doesn't give a shit. He'll run the entire game if you don't stack the box. Um, put eight guys Except in the box. Except if he's winning the game in the playoffs, then he won't do it. <laughs> God. Um, but so if you are if you have rugs on a team that is constantly getting eight-man boxes, like that is dangerous to me. So I just think it'd be really fun to see rugs in that offense. Not 100% confident that... Uh, Jimmy G would hit him on a consistent basis, but I do think it would be a fun um, scheme to see him, and I think it would, it would be good for his fantasy value. Wow. We're just Jimmy G and Aaron Rodgers just taking hits left and right right now. They don't <laughs> see coming. Craig, where do you see Henry Ruggs? I think it'd be cool if he went to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's been really good with speed guys. Like, Mike Wallace, Martavis Bryant, like, I, if we could actually get one of those to stick for, like, you know, most of their career, that would be awesome. So, yeah. But we're putting old quarterbacks down. Can Ben Roethlisberger and his surgically repaired elbow hit Henry Ruggs? Honestly, if there's one, I actually think Ben's better when hurt. I used to remember when he would like (laughs) That's the most Steelers fan thing I've ever heard in my entire life. (laughs) When he sprained his ankle like mid-second quarter, you're like, oh, this is the best. They're going to shoot him up at halftime. He'll come back and win the game. (laughs) Ben Roethlisberger's better on quarter zone is the most Pittsburgh thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. That's like just you. I can just picture you having a yingling while you said that. Uh, <laughs> holy shit! Um, I think okay. so, Craig. By the way, I think I I comped rugs to a mini Martavis Bryant in my draft guide. So there you go. Oh. Deep guy, like a deep threat. Very Hopefully very he fast. Plays like eight games for the Steelers if he goes there. Good after the catch. I'm just going to ignore what Danny just said. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, just, uh, I like we it. don't really have a deep threat right now, and like maybe this would help. People from stacking the box against James Conner. You know what? Have- you know what the Steelers finally need. They the Steelers finally need an exciting re- receiver on their team. I know they're they're terrible <laughs> at drafting them. God, they're never good. I hate you guys. All right, who we got next, Danny? Justin Jefferson from LSU, man. Wow, that was that. Uh, yeah, um, it's funny. I gave him that intro. I don't really. I don't really think he's that great. But where's he gonna go? <laughs> You don't think you don't think he's that great? Okay, I'm gonna remember that. Well, um, what, can you sell me that? Sell me Justin Jefferson, right? What, like, like, is 
where do you think he's going to go? And tell me why he's fourth in this. Like, is he really the fourth best receiver in this class? I think he's really, really good. So, number one, really good route runner. Like, he breaks guys off from the slot, like on those two-way routes. Um, excellent at the catch point. Fearless over the middle. Very good hands. Red zone threat. Um, you know, all the analytics, actually, like the numbers from the last couple of years are very, very strong for him. In addition to the fact that he, you know, was just so, so productive as uh, in last it, this last year. He was also productive the year before that. Um so, yeah, I think everything points to him being a good player. A lot of people are comping him to Keenan Allen just based on his ability to run routes, um, win in the slot. We know that slot receivers in fantasy football tend to get a lot of targets. So, yeah, I like him a lot. I think, um, you know, put him in the put him on the Packers, let him work the underneath routes, turn him into kind of like a Cooper Cup in the LeFleur system. Um, and I think that could be really, really fun for fantasy. I see all that. I just I, I thought he works in the Bengals. Screw it. They'll take I mean, Joe yeah. Burrow first pick yeah. of the first round, and then they take his boy Justin Jefferson second, first pick of the second round, and then keep LSU together. I think that would be great. I love that. Craig, what do you got? I want him to go to slot heaven where Randall Cobb and Cole Beasley have previously lived. I want him to go to the Cowboys. <laughs> wow. And just you, had to get a, you had to get a Beasley comp in here somewhere. Had to. When was the last time we had a podcast that we didn't mention Cole Beasley? Two thousand and <laughs> the the mid aughts, yeah. I don't know. Oh, okay. That means we got to wrap up soon. Okay, last guy, Denzel Mims from Baylor. Yeah, I like him for a lot of a lot of different teams. I'm gonna put him on the Broncos, uh, just because I think he can play on the inside. He could feature in the slot. Put him opposite Cortland Sutton, and they'd have a really cool, um, you know, like one two punch at the receiver position. He's fast, so he can get behind the defense, add that that speed element to the offense. If you go back to uh, college, I think having that speed, that deep threat, could really help unlock Drew, Drew Locke's game a little bit more. Um, Locke splits from Locke. college. Yes. <laughs> that was a tongue twister. Uh, if you look at Drew Locke's splits from college when he had Emmanuel Hall in the field versus when he didn't, and Emmanuel Hall um, didn't get he didn't end up getting drafted because I think there were some medical issues, but he was really fast, like 4-3 speed guy. Um, when, he, when he was on the field, like Locke was unstoppable so i think getting a speed element to that offense could really help open it up he'd get a lot of one-on-one stuff because corlin sutton's really really good ascending receiver so um yeah mims can just kind of do it all he's very good at the catch point lives above the rim all that stuff great great um physical box a guy out in the red zone type player so i like mims a lot i agree with everything you said i am cheating though because i think that he could also go to the jets and I'm cheating because I know I just gave Jerry Judy to the Jets, but I think in reality, I think that the Jets end up taking a tackle in the first round, and mm. then they have to take a, sec- a, a receiver in the second round. And I think that he makes a lot of sense with the Jets uh, for everything I said earlier, except that Judy will already have been gone. I'm just wondering if he'll make it that far. It's possible. It's certainly possible. Um, there's just so many receivers in this class that teams could wait a little bit. So, Aren't you worried a little bit like, and we've talked about this before, but like the the Adam Gase turning, you know, into like the Bermuda Triangle for fantasy production. Yeah, but again, I think that either Mims or Judy, I think if they take a receiver in the first two rounds, they will end up as a de facto number one target. And I think that I look at yeah. this as, you know, I don't volume, love volume receivers always, although I, my mind's been changed to that in the last year or so. And I think that there's a few teams that anyone who's drafted there will end up the number one. And I think that the Jets are very much, if they take any of the top six or seven guys in this draft, they will just end up seeing so many targets because they have to. Are you forgetting um, about Brashad Perriman? Br- <laughs> yes, but also no. Because <laughs> on one hand, there's a reason I always forget about Brashad Perriman. If Brashad Perriman, am I crazy? I mean, do you guys, I, mean, I feel like Denzel Mims or anyone better than him, the Jets draft would get more targets on the season than Perriman. Do you guys agree or disagree? Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Might be close. Yeah. Maybe like Maybe I'm wrong. Tell me to go to hell. You're the one who does the, the satanic videos. Craig and I are probably both a little bit higher on, on Perryman than you are, I think, Danny. I guess I that's we, always been the case, hasn't it? <laughs> always, yes. Tough. Okay, Craig, send us out strong. Speaking um, of Perryman. I think, well, one, Denzel Mims is my favorite receiver in the class. I was just watching his tape today. I just think he's awesome. I Yeah. I'm picking him just for like fantasy wild card to be super weird but super fun. He just goes to the Bucks and we have the triplet towers <laughs> in Tampa Bay. We got oh Evans, God. Godwin, and oh Mims. Do not all for Brady. Bay, we go three wide. 
plus OJ Howard. They never run it. That would be you can't amazing. Tampa Bay twice in the one episode. That's how we know we have to get out of here. <laughs> Tampa. I, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, that word is illegal now. There's a quarantine on it. You're I not love to use the Tampa. Word Tampa. Don't I want a shirt. Tampa, Tampa shirt. This podcast. <laughs> I'm, do you know I actually it's ordered a couple terrible. Tampa Bay shirts? They're on the way to my house. Don't Shut tell up, anyone. It's a, it's, a, it's a gift to a family member. Very excited. Well, wow. that's a good thing you said on this podcast because they probably don't listen. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was the Fantasy Football Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. Check out the ring. Check out Danny Kelly's draft guide. Take yeah. it. Where can they find that? The ring NFLdraft.theringer.com. Yeah. Learn right. everything you could ever, ever possibly want to know about the NFL draft, except how Satan comes into it, which for that you need <laughs> to go to the, the metal, the ringer NFL metal draft. Find yeah. that on YouTube. It's the one where Danny Kelly looks like the Matrix. Everybody tweet Danny and make him make his TwitCon that new that photo he just tweeted. Yes. Everyone tell Danny Kelly he has to make his thing with it. He's like Morpheus in the Matrix, but yes. having a good time. Craig, any other ringer content we got to plug? Uh, new podcast, Flying Coach, with Pete Carroll and Steve Kerr. And, um, and Craig Horlbeck? This is, this is, that, is, is amazing, that the trio? Yeah. Yeah. It's the first episode came out on Monday on the NFL and NBA show feeds, but it's getting its own feed this week. We're doing a second episode at the end of the week. Um, you're the produ- you're the host, right? Yeah, it's just me and them two. <laughs> We're all just having a glass of scotch, chatting it up. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, check out Craig having scotch with Petey and Stevie. It's fantastic. It. I'm so excited about this, by the way. I'm not even kidding. I'm geeking out about it. Yeah, it'll be cool. Check it out. We're hoping to get some cool guests down the road. Yes. There are already some some rumblings of who we want to get. So yeah, stick around. Cool. Very cool. All right. Well, check out check out Craig with Pete and Steve. Check out the NFL draft. <laughs> Check out NFLDraft.TheRinger.com. Check out the Metal Draft. And if you don't do any of that, do go to TheRinger.com slash WCK where you can help out the World Central Kitchen. It's for a good cause. Donate if you can. Thank you to everyone for listening. Stay safe and looking forward to the draft next week. Peace.